It is the Chicago First United audio podcast, your Chicago scene salvation, featuring interviews with the premier talent in the Chicago music community. My name is Haima Black. I host this podcast every week at ChicagoVerseUnited.com. This week, talking with Patrick Stump in an interview recorded on-site at the Metro prior to his headlining performance last week. Here's how that sounds. Haima Black, backstage at Metro with Patrick Stump. How are you, sir? I'm good, man. How you doing? How you been? I've been good, man. How have you been is the real question. Good. Just touring. Uh, yesterday was the last day of Panic of the Disco Tour, so just trying to find more tours. <laughs> You've had a really, really busy year. I want to touch on a couple of those things, but first of all, how does it feel to be home, playing the Metro here? I know it's a venue that has a lot of significance for you, and, and you're headlining tonight. It's so crazy, and I'm like, and I'm, and it hasn't really, I haven't really let it sink in yet, because I'm still very much in, you know, logistics right now. I'm in, you know, I've got to go make it somewhere to shower by X time, and, and then I think, you know, families in town, ta- you know, obviously, yeah. families around, so dinner you know etc like I'm, I'm thinking of all those things right now so I haven't really even and then um, Soundcheck we had just you know I was I was joking about this on stage on in Soundcheck but it, like most of the time Soundcheck is you know you go up there and everything's working alright you know let's play something whatever and this was today like oh no stuff's not working the you know our, 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 our one of our keyboards had like one of those magical technological freakouts where you know whatever so like so I was dealing with that and there was just one moment where I turned around and I was like wow I'm at the metro right now, you know. <laughs> so, so it's um, but yeah, it's huge to me, man. This is Carnegie Hall. This is you know Madison Square Garden. This is this is my you know for for me like for yeah. and I, and whatever for significance to me. That's that's this is it. So your record, your debut record as a solo artist, Soul Punk, it's out now. And and congratulations on that, Please. first of all, man. That's, thank you. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's easier said than done. It's not easy to get a record out these days. So thank you. No, I believe it, especially a full record. I wanted to touch on that, but like first, if we can, like I wanted. To to kind of take a step back, like look at the beginning of this kind of journey that you're on. When did you kind of make the decision to go and become a solo artist, or not become one, but to pursue solo work? Was it something you had in the back of your head at the end days of Fall Out Boy, or was it something that after kind of a period you're like, you know what I should do? You know, it's weird. I don't really know when I decided, when I when I kind of... I, I, I've tried to pinpoint a moment. I mean, there have just been a few... There have been, like, specific moments that were really important for me, like um, how I started... How I kind of stumbled into producing, into production. I, I get the impression that I may, I may not have been exactly like other dudes in, in other bands, where I know a lot of guys that, that, that are in bands, and, and they talk, you know, and people talk to me about, about it as though... Music is this one thing. This is this you know really easy thing to pinpoint, and you play the you play the only music you know how to play. You know, and for me, it's like I'm a musician, and I, I appreciate the you know I love songwriting, and 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 I know that I guess I've always had more in common on an not on an educational level, but on a just like emotional relation relationship to music level with like my friends that ended up going to Berkeley or going to you know Manhattan School of Music, that kind of stuff, where it's like it's music. You do you do all of it. You know, and so I think that was where I like realizing that while I was producing and you know you can as a producer you can produce all sorts of stuff that's acceptable you can be you know a rock producer and go do a hip-hop record no one's gonna bat an eyelash but if you're a rock musician and you go and play a hip-hop record that's weird you know so that was kind of something that I realized was that I had this kind of general wanderlust for music and that I wasn't going to get it all out in Fall Out Boy. And the, another thing was that they had been really encouraging me to do it for a long time, and I didn't really see it. You know, I was like, I don't know, 
I'm not a, I'm not a singer. I'm not, you know, whatever, all those things. I'm a drummer and I write songs. That's what I really wanted to do, you know? And, um, and then Fall Out Boy kind of wound down and I had all this material and it's like, and it wasn't, it wasn't for Fall Out Boy. I just have, I've built up this cache of, of all this material that there was nowhere to put it. Another thing too, sorry to be long-winded. No. It's kind of one of my strengths. Go on. I went and did. I went and worked as a top writer, doing uh, you know, kind of coming up with lyrics and hooks for for pop songs at uh, you know record labels and stuff. And I realized that I'm too quirky for that. I'm not. I, it's weird. Like I'm not quirky enough to be like a full-on indie rocker, but I'm definitely too quirky to be like a full-on pop writer musician. Couldn't do like a Black Eyed Peas Top 40 jam. I, it just didn't work because I can't. I can't deliver certain things with a straight face, and certain things I deliver with too straight a face. You know. <laughs> So it just kind of, I was like, I have to be me. I have to be my own artist in order for this to work. And that was, that was it, basically. I was like, I just got to figure, you know. A lot of my friends have been supporting me on it for a long time. Matt Rubano, you know, had been saying for years, he's like, when you do a, a solo thing, let me play bass. And I was like, I'm probably not going to do it. So he's like, yeah, you will. And I was like, you know, so that kind of stuff. So I want to ask about people's expectations and response to the record, because I'm sure that that's kind of a loaded topic. But was that something that affected you in the creation of the record? record or maybe like held you back in any capacity at first where you were like afraid of people's expectations because I think that there's definitely an audience out there that maybe only wants one thing from you and I'm yeah. sure that they're very vocal about it yeah uh, yes absolutely is um I don't know I I didn't really worry about that audience because the reality is that Fall Out Boy didn't really want to satiate that audience either you know one of the things that was so disheartening for all of us and it's weird you know because a lot of times I'll get in interviews and, and you know people will be like well you don't have to say so much about Fall Out Boy and I'm like but there's a lot of Fall Out Boy in what I'm doing now in, in relation to in, in so much as like we did Fully I Do and we were really into that record man we really liked that record we really believed in that record and kids hated it we got we would get stuff thrown at, and it's weird too I'll tell people that now and they're like no it was great. It got great reviews. I was like, it didn't. It was like, our, it was like, it was our worst reviewed major label record easily, right? And it did, it sold the poorest and people threw stuff at us when we played. I think on all levels, for as far as it could, it could be for us, that was a total failure where, where people, kids were, you know, swearing at us and throwing things and flicking us off. We, I remember we played in Chicago and uh, we, would, we, were pl- we would play Take This to Your Grave songs and kids would cheer. We'd play Foley Adu songs and they'd turn around and I was like, dude, like, what did you, I mean, what did you expect, you know? And so that was, like, really disheartening. It was really, like, it, it felt like when I read about Pinkerton, where, uh, right. where you know, Rivers put his heart into that. Up. Yeah, and everyone, and, and everyone hated that record. And that was the personal one. So it wasn't even, like, they, they were just trying something out. That was the one that they really believed in. So after that, I was kind of like, an important part of this is to stick to your guns and to do what you believe in, because regardless of what an artist, regardless of what... People, what people's preconceived notions are. Obviously, there's nothing, there's nothing you can do about first impressions. People have their first impressions, and that's what they are. Um, and so there's, I'm certain that there's a lot of people who, will, who would like my solo record who won't listen to it because I was the guy from Fall Out Boy. And there's a lot of people who, like, who are listening to my record who like me from Fall Out Boy a lot who probably wouldn't like it without that preceding it. So I, I'm aware of that, but I didn't really think of it when I was making the record, I just kind of, I, in fact, I kind of discarded any of that stuff. Any of the thoughts that I had that were like, you know, you know, maybe I'm going to do a, I, I don't know, maybe I'm going to try and play to that audience. I, a lot of it felt like commerce to me. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not just trying to capitalize off of yeah. something I've already, you know, off of, you know, it's like I have all my hard work ahead of me, not behind me. I think it's interesting you brought up first impressions because that was very much on the list of something I wanted to approach you with. And then something that this record is such a departure for you. And I, 
It's a, it's a departure just, for other people. It's, it's not a departure for me. It's a, it's a departure for, for the listener. It's, it's, I think that's fair because, yeah, I guess for anyone who's paying attention, if they look at the stuff you did with gym class, like, you know, the hints were there, you know. So The Cobra record, uh, Viva La Cobra, yeah. like, I mean, lyrically it's totally different. But I see, I mean, it, it, that feels like, and it's funny, when I, tur- when, I, when, when I turned that record in, Pete was like, it's your first solo record. And 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 not not saying that panic not not saying that uh, Cobra didn't do anything on that record. I mean, right. it's very much it's very much Cobra's record. But just that that was kind of like you know I was kind of going nuts in the studio, kind of put, sprinkling my things on it, you know, my my interests on it, and uh, and I think you know that was kind of I, I think those things are there, you know, when you see and and it, they're very old too. Like I've been doing this stuff, I've been doing this kind of music just as long as I've been doing Fall Out Boy. It's just no one heard it. <laughs> Right, so people didn't know about it, but you know, was it discouraging in any way that people's response or reaction to the, your solo record is not going to be... It's not like if you just dropped this record as a new artist for the first time that no one knew of. Everyone who listens to it already has some level of their opinion of Fall Out Boy, and then that gets pushed against the record, for better or for worse. Yeah, it sucks. It totally sucks. But it's, but it's you know, there's nothing you can do about it, and it's not, and there are bigger problems in the world, so you just kind of have to deal with it, but it does, it's definitely annoying to be like, you know, I don't know, to be, you go on some radio station, you know, wow, we love your song, your song's, the, you know, so happy to, it's such a great song. Um, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Patrick from Fall Out Boy. And you're like, damn it, like, <laughs> right. this has nothing to do, you know, Fall Out Boy's not here, this has nothing to do with right. Fall Out Boy, it's not a Fall Out Boy record, you know, like, and if I were Jason Derulo, you'd just call it Jason Derulo. If I were, you know what I'm saying, if I were Cody Simpson, you'd just say Cody Simpson. But the fact that I was in some other band, and it's like, and it's like, well, you know, and it's almost, you gotta, you gotta kind of put it in perspective, because I understand why people do it, and it's not their fault. But it, it, you do also a little bit feel offended, and, you know, and like, like it's a slight against both you and your band, you know, right. because it's like Joe Truman had nothing to do with this record whatsoever. Like, so you can't call it Fall Out Boy. You know, right. you can't call it from Fall Out Boy. You know, it's kind of like, it's kind of unreasonable. It's, that's like saying, I'm not comparing the bands. I'm just saying like, it's like saying Dio from Black Sabbath. And you're like, well, he's Dio. Right. I mean, it's a Dio yeah. record or whatever, <laughs> whoever it is, a uh, new order from Joy Division. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you can't like, come on, it's different. It's different bands. It's different stuff. So you've been on the road a good amount this last year. And I, I caught your set at Shuba's and I know you were at Lollapalooza and I get the impression that the audiences that are seeing you perform are really enjoying the sets. Has that been your experience where you're on the road this year? Yeah, I think one of the things, and I've been talking about this with management and label and everybody, is that as far as pop radio things go and as far as projects from former big bands and stuff like that go, this is totally different. I mean, it's, this is really, this feels 100% like a, like being a new artist and starting from scratch. And, and it does feel like we have to win every audience and it feels like we're winning. It feels like, you know, every, audi- every time we get in front of an audience, we are making actual progress. But it does feel like we walk out on stage. One of the things that's so funny to me is Lollapalooza is an example yeah. um, because that was a lot of people who were just scratching their heads when, w- before, we, before we got there. You know, Panic Tour, there's, there, there were a lot of people who, wanted, who know me as the guy from Fall Out Boy. So I get out there. And in fact, there were some nights, the first couple nights of the tour, they were chanting, Patrick, stop, you know, like chanting, whatever. And I get out there and I'm in my suit and I got my hair and whatever. And, I, and my band looks killing, whatever. And, you know, Casey pulls out his saxophone and they're like, what? And like, the, and, it, and, and they would call, and the whole thing, everyone, yeah, you know, like, like, a, like, a, like when you whistle at a dog and it's like, what is, the, you know, and, um, and, uh, and then there were a couple boos. 
and then by about halfway through the set, it would be like, yeah, you know, whatever. We had to claw our way, our, claw our way through, that, through those shows, and by the end of them, it was awesome. And that was every night, you know, every night was a little victory. Um, Lollapalooza was kind of a similar thing where it's like, where there, I think there were a lot of people who were like, oh, oh, this is the guy from Fall Out Boy? I hate that band. Why? This is all right, <laughs> you know, yeah. like whatever. You know, I'm very aware of a lot of those things, and, uh, and it definitely is something that, you know, I, that's something that I kind of have, yeah, that's what I was saying earlier, uh, management and label and all that, I kind of want to keep in mind for them that, that yes, it's nice that radio is playing my song right now, it's nice that, you know, I got a couple dates on Bruno Mars tour and stuff like that, I'm going to be touring, I'm going to have to tour like a, like, like a first-time artist, you know. Someone was like, well, Patrick, you know, Adele's record, Adele's single didn't, you know, took six months before it really impacted. And I was like, Adele took, like, five or six years before she really impacted. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I get that I was the guy from Fall Out Boy. Like, this is my, this is my first step. Like, I'm yeah. not even in, you know, I'm, I, I, don't, I don't even know, I, don't, I neither know nor care if I will make it there. I just want to, my only goal is to keep this going because I enjoy it, so... The impression I've gotten, man, and I, I'm not going to keep you very much longer. I know you got plenty going on, but the impression I've had, you know, as someone who has seen, been able to watch your career, I've had the, you know, privilege for of... For a long time. For a long time, <laughs> absolutely. And um, everything I've seen going on with you this this last year, year or two, um, with interviews and performances, you look like you're having a blast, man. And I love it. I, I'm so glad that you're able to go out and do your thing. And it really shows that this is 100% what you want to be doing. And it looks like you, it, it looks like, you know, there's some kind of satisfaction you're getting out of it at least looking in it's awesome it's the coolest thing in the world and, it, and it's it's not to say that Fall Out Boy wasn't that's one of the things that I feel is frustrating for me a little bit is, is is I feel like when I say something too nice about one thing it's like a slight to the other so you hate Fall Out Boy then yep that's what I said no um so so you know I so I kind of find myself answering things politically sometimes without trying, you know, without meaning to, but the reality is that this is awesome. This is what I've always wanted to do. You know, it's like this. Fall Out Boy was an accident. A brilliant, awesome, beautiful accident that none of, we were all, it was a side project for a bunch of hardcore bands. We weren't even trying to be a band for longer than a week, and we ended up outshining all of our hardcore bands and having a blast doing it and being really good friends. But that wasn't the, that was the band that happened. That wasn't the band any of us wanted to have happen. Right, and now we're all getting to do those bands, you know. Right. And Andy has his heart. All of Andy's bands sound exactly what Andy, exactly like what Andy wanted to sound like. All of, uh, you know, all of Joe's music sounds like what he wanted. All of my stuff is what I, what I wanted to do. So now I'm getting to do what I wanted to do, and it feels great. You know, man. Not to not to turn this into about them. I talked to Joe Troman maybe a year or two ago. He literally said the exact same thing. He was like, you know, now everyone's doing their thing. He's like. This sounds like my music. This sounds like Andy's music. Patrick's going to do what sounds like him. I mean, literally the exact same sentiment. So, you know, it's very clear that everyone's doing their thing. And I and really, like, I think it's great. The record, I think it's fantastic. I'm a big fan. You don't I don't have to say that, but thank you. No, but I, but I mean it. I was, I was a fan of Folia Do. I mean, you know I've been a fan of the band for a long time, but I loved Folia Do, I think, maybe more than any other follow-up record because it was the most expansive. And, well, and, and that's the thing for me is that I felt like that's, the, that's one of the things that's frustrating to me is that when I hear the, some of the mean things people say, said about Foley, I was like, but this is the closest to us you've ever gotten. Right. Like, you hate us. Like, when you, like, I love Take This to Your Grave, too, but Take This to Your Grave was very reserved. All of us were hiding. You know, we weren't, we, like, and it was, it was really great for that. 
but and and I see the beginnings of all the things we were talking. You know, there, there are there are little hints of metal on there. There are little hints of soul on there. There are little hints of R and B and pop and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, if you were to call it just a pop punk record, you wouldn't really be. No one would have an, have anything to say because it pretty much a pop punk record right but when you get into Foley and it's like well I don't know what to call that record it's just a follow up record that's what it sounded like to me it was, it was really us you know it's a good record well, is how thank you I thought so but uh, but a lot of kids didn't <laughs> well man uh, you have this record it's called Soul Punk it's out now you're headlining the Metro tonight and really I'm a huge fan and it, it really is great to have seen you branch out and it, it looks like you're satisfied I think it's great that you're getting to do what you're this is my, doing. This is, my, this is my goal. This was my biggest goal ever was to play the Metro. So, And now you're here. here I'm at. <laughs> Patrick Stump, best of luck in everything you have ahead of you, and I know you're not going to stop. And I think that this record is a victory, so I hope that that carries on with you as well, man. Yeah. Good to see you. This has been the Chicago First United Audio Podcast, your Chicago scene salvation. Thanks to Patrick Stump for being on the show this week. You can find past episodes of the Chicago First United Audio Podcast at chicagoverseunited.com, including interviews with members of Rise Against, The Damn Things, Black Cards, and many, many more. You can follow the Dynasty Podcast Network through all social and digital media channels at theministryofthedynasty.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty, my name is Haima Black, Dynasty Descend.